A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. I'm Lisa Chanu. And today we are joined uh, by a very special guest, quarantined in Australia. <laughs> we just had, we're regaled with the tale. Uh, she is an author, a coach, a creative, the host of the Beyond Belief podcast. And she's also authored several Oracle decks uh, and just all around woo, dope person, please. <laughs> Give it up for Jericho Mandiburr. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hi. I was like, so I guess for having us. me. I said, yeah. give it up. Like there was an audience. Like Woo. someone else <laughs> was going to do it. <laughs> Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So you're, yeah so here you're, I am on the other side of the world. You're in the hotel life right now. Um, do they like... 
are they getting you room service or anything? Like they're dropping food at your door and all of this? I mean, I'm fascinating. Yeah. Well, it's like the whole hotel has been taken over by the government. And so oh. they have, I guess, some kind of catering service that they're working with. But the people that drop it off are like government officials. And like there's like a um, military man patrolling each floor to make sure nobody leaves their room <laughs> and there's like police outside <laughs> whoa okay so wow. this is the most tourist question ever but what kind of food is it <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's it's been hit and miss like sometimes it's like gnocchi for lunch and I'm like yum this is good pasta and then other times like this morning it was this like quite large takeaway container um like a plastic typical one and it was filled with like a couple of millimeters worth of baked beans and I was just like okay this is like that's a joke two spoonfuls (laughs) you know and and it was cold so it, it varies a lot but like it's mostly just starch based there's not a lot of fruit or veg but it's also free, so I'm yeah. able to get food. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a thimble I, full can... of beans versus gnocchi. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. total yeah, total polarity. <laughs> How is Australia um, on the like the scale of handling the pandemic? Would you say? I mean, not because you were in you were in Los Angeles at the beginning, right? Um, yeah. Is it, are they, I mean, it sounds like with this hotel situation, obviously much better than any of our American cities. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, they did really well at the beginning and everyone was quite pleased and surprised. Um, So it was like up there with like New Zealand in terms of like super low cases. And I think partially because of how they were quarantining people like me. Um, But then like people just got, super relaxed and kind of forgot about it classic Um, and so now there's like a bit of a flare-up but like when I say flare-up it's like a few hundred cases you know so it's still kind of nothing like right now in Sydney no in the whole state there's like 18 cases here and everyone's like oh it's coming back like (laughs) but if you look outside like nobody's wearing a mask people are still going to the pub and pretty much continuing life as normal, which um, is good. But I think they kind of got cocky because they handled it so well. And now it's kind of like the second wave, I guess. Uh, But yeah, comparatively awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Comparatively like a blip on like our, I mean, our, our Richter over here is just like, it's like not even any, like by comparison, it's like, you're, you're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, maybe they're, I don't know. Are they escorting people to guarded hotels here? I mean, maybe they are, but I just can't even imagine Americans yeah. saying no sure at to this that. point. I don't think so. I think at one point they had um, some like quarantine hotel type situations set up in certain places where there was like, I remember listening to like an episode of the daily where they talked about a hotel, I think in Seattle or something, Mm. but that was very early on when it was, when it, before there were any kind of like stay at home orders or anything at this point. Now they just, I mean, they they, have them. They do. (laughs) I think they have them, but they're not like guarded. But cause if you go like, we can't go to New Jersey or Connecticut. Mm. They like don't let in California right now. Uh, So they have uh those like that you can come. Cause my friend's wedding was supposed to be in New York and she was like, I want to invite you, but you'd have to stay 14 days in a hospital before you come to my house, or in a hotel before you come to my house. So I don't know how they enforce it, but they have something. 
I think it's just so much easier here because there's so few states, whereas America just has so many states and they're all like operating in their own way. So such a bigger population, like the federal organization is just so much more tricky. Yeah. Oh, we have we have words for the federal organization. <laughs> <laughs> for that old guys... fed organization. <laughs> so there's the I just learned about this uh and maybe I'm late and I don't even know if I have anything really to add on it, but I just found out that there's you know there's the MLB like they have the NBA bubble and I think there's an MLB bubble too, but there's also a UFC fight island. Oh, I didn't in know that Abu- island. I knew Did you know that. about this? In Abu Dhabi? My, friend, oh. my friends have a podcast called Fight Island, so I <laughs> oh, know so about like, this. They were where, like, oh, they're stealing the name. I they do, mean, like, hypothetical fights on their podcast, so yes. I was, like, sending him those articles. The, but, yeah, they do. Isn't that what – I mean – it's it's like only that they go they they have to fly into it's just so funny where it's like the MMA fighters can get it together but like the rest of the world I mean not the rest of the world take that back hard hard walking that back the rest of America <laughs> cannot get that right uh, that it's like they have to fly wherever they're coming from they have to fly into Vegas they have to quarantine for two days and they get like tested all day and then they fly into Abu Dhabi they get quarantine for another two days they're tested and then they go in and they do their fights and then everyone calls my restaurant and says are you showing the fight and i say this is a vegan restaurant no we're not (laughs) (laughs) well they're also just like not that cool nothing i I I understand why people want things to come back, but also nothing is that fun without an audience when you're watching it. Yeah, it's it's, weird. It's Mm -hmm. it's so sad. It's not sad, but it's just like it's not it's not what you think it's going to be. It's not the same. Well, you well, I feel like uh, that inertia and energy plays into whatever game or whatever thing you're watching too. Like when someone totally like biffs it and misses the ball. I feel like it's like, cause they're not on their home turf and they're not feeling that energy of the crowd. Yeah. Like that's going to play a factor. And I feel like even maybe even on like a, like a meta, like even the vibration of people, I feel like could have probably affect balls. Okay. I don't know what that, <laughs> the vi- but do you well, know what I mean? Oh, the vibration it's weird. definitely can affect balls. You know? It's weird <laughs> what, what translates to, like I watched um, Tony Soto's like learn the words, bitch. It's just like a drag contest kind of for beginner, intermediate, whatever level. And like drag is really good on zoom, you know, but like stand up. Mm. it's like very interesting what what can translate via the screen right <laughs> and the balls balls, <laughs> balls aren't uh so i mean this kind of goes into like a question i think i had for you jericho in terms of like your podcast um i was listening to the dolphin lady one today i did too because i mean again dolphin dolphin culture is real i mean i think everyone had if you haven't had a dolphin moment i don't know let me know where you were at or what was happening to you. But it was just really interesting to hear these people and just hear your like patience with them. Cause I think a lot of the times people will be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm just curious, I guess, in terms of astrology, I'm not sure. Like I know you're obviously in mysticism and tarot and all of those great things, but in terms of astrology, do you know if there's something in your chart that you feel connects with like these maybe what we would deem like weirdo other people. I have theories, but I'm just curious if you had something oh. that you 
maybe targeted to your chart or have seen in your chart? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, well, I think it's, I have an Aquarius moon. Um, so I think it, there's an emotional like level. There's like a sensitivity when it comes to like talking about weird ideas where I think I really feel like on some level principled in like being a listener, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but I also have, I think I have like a, a seventh house stellium. So I think there's just something in like holding space for people that I like to think that I'm okay at, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, yeah, I honestly haven't thought about that question ever before because, you know, you so rarely get feedback on like, you seem like in a conversation, you're this way, you know? So like, <laughs> I don't really know how people perceive me, but um like I think I'm I'm definitely read more as like my rising, which is Taurus. So that also could have something to do with it. People are always like, You're so chill. And I'm like, I'm really not. <laughs> same and but same thanks. rising. I always get that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you started you started this podcast, which is all about, you know, talking to kind of we'll say I'll use the word fringe. Uh, ideas but it's not I don't like I don't know if that's the right way but it is you know uh, out there ideas you know um, not not mainstream things dolphins you know you had Jessica Lignato on talking about mediumship and and communing with the dead and uh, stigmata and all of these other kinds of things so obviously you have an interest in in these things and I I agree with CV I thought that you I think that you handle um, like your open and and uh patient and communicative and and uh it's it's handled with a, a lot I think it would be really easy to be like oh isn't this wild or whatever but it's like <laughs> no I like I'm genuinely interested in what you had to say and I liked I liked your kind of like interstitials with things of of recapping where you're at and also the framing which I think is something that we strive to do with with astrology because it is like you know, there's always going to be some aspect of it that you kind of have to be like, well, you either are into it or you're not. And mm-hmm. if you're interested, if you're not interested in finding anything of value in it, you, I, I can understand that. And I could see where you would be like writing this off, but in almost everything, there seems to be something that someone can use if you're open to it. Yeah, totally. That's how I feel. Like, I think that there's just this, like, um, uh, there's a sti- I mean, there's a stigma with like all of this stuff. And um, I think in terms of, you know, how, how mass, you know, marketing and stuff works and people being burned by like exploitative gurus or whatever, then that's a good reason. But people kind of think that um, someone put it really well once. I think they said something like seriousness isn't a matter of it's not about subject matter. It's about approach. You know, like you can have a good, interesting, like um, insightful conversation about fucking anything. And like just because it's (laughs) dolphins and people think that like that's feminine and silly, you know, like there's Mm -hmm. always value. And I think that as uh, as someone who like considers myself really weird and like into kooky stuff that other people would like sneer at. um, Yeah, I think there's just value to like hearing out people's perspectives and um, just seeing why they work for them, you know, in like a way that's not judgmental, but it's also not like, oh, you should think about this and like, you should believe this as well. 
Um, although some guests guests really are like, you should also believe this, but for the most part, it's just like, hey, like this is where I'm at, you yeah. know, which is like interesting to me. Well, I think that's a very Scorpio trait of the like the deep investigation of motivation, which often tells you more about what like someone might say that they like something, but if they can tell you why they like it, it tells you more about them than the thing that they like itself. You can figure out like, oh, you're this kind. Oh, you you like this on an intellectual level. You probably like these kinds of things because they represent this thing or whatever. And so it's it's the ability to see past what on the surface most people, you know, get that Scorpio thing of like what's really going on underneath. Because I think that that's that's something that I I love is like talking very deeply about dumb stuff <laughs> like, <laughs> because there's, yeah. a lot, there's a lot there yeah would there's you, everything I love that would you consider interviewing Alex Jones Ooh. Oh. oh Jesus I mean I okay so because I'm not um super American I know that he yells a lot and he's like hyper conservative, but is he like does he he's have like a, a conspiracy theorist? Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, with conspiracies, I was ranting about this the other day on on my stories. <laughs> also, um, I love this. Jericho to... takes a sip. Now let's get into <laughs> yeah. conspiracy theory. Hydrate yeah, the tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, it really feels like they used to be this domain of like anti-authoritarian um like liberal critical thinking and um ideas that you know whether in a big or small way were like inspired by like the counterculture and like the hippie movement and all of that and now conspiracy theories it's like the russian government has like got a hold on on them online and is like okay like here's how we can get trump elected again Mm -hmm. let's say that like all democrats are like um satanist child abusers or whatever like it's oh my it's really not okay that's the big one you just hit the nail on the head i just got into that hole today of the hashtag save the children people not to give them promo but that world ooh, that conspiracy hole is really i mean it's interesting but it's also like yeah i think the conspiracy theories of now are so rooted in fear where i feel like conspiracy theories before used to be like really fun, fun. and lighthearted, yeah. like crop circles yeah. and alien yeah, i mean i guess aliens are still like around i mean i guess we just had that huge file released too and that kind of was like a, a little blip but they used to be like way more it's like bigfoot like um, and now yeah. it's all it is very like i'm glad you said like since it's a political thing like this russian pedophile uh red pill repeat is like seems to be like the conspiracy theories at least of like now in like mainstream internetting which is like everyone yelling at each other i'm terrified of alex jones like i would be so scared to be in a room with him because i feel that he would influence me oh Mm. yeah yeah that's interesting I think that there is something, I think it's the tricky thing about conspiracy theories is that a lot of them, I mean, aliens included, a lot of the things that started off as kind of these like fringe weirdo ideas ended up being true. And so I understand from an argument sake place how hard it is to kind of convince someone that a conspiracy theory isn't like that there are levels of conspiracy theory where it's like, this is yeah. this is a valid one, this isn't one. Because I also am of the mind where I'm like, I'll believe 
kind of anything. Um, <laughs> not, I don't believe everything, but I'm like, there's nothing that you could say that I would be like, absolutely not because that's just it yeah. to me that's to me that's like the most intellectually dishonest thing you can do is be like no I know without a shadow of a doubt that's wrong you can like investigate things and be like that seems unlikely or who stands to the, the thing that I think people don't really think through about a lot of it is like who stands to profit from a lot of these conspiracy theory things and we forget how hard like, I just don't think people are that good at keeping secrets or like keeping <laughs> yeah. things to themselves or not, or like covering tracks mm-hmm. and things like that. So when there's these like big rings of, of people, I'm like, if you know about it, it's probably like it, maybe it does exist, but the real like nefarious, terrible stuff going on, we don't fucking know about because they're, it, because it's people right. that are good at hiding their shit. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so, and it's so nuanced because like, I, I totally agree. Like most conspiracy theories probably have like, when you dig really deep an element of truth, it's just more how they're weaponized in one way or another, you know, like with the the Pizzagate and like all that child abuse stuff it's like yeah like we all know we live in a pedophile culture and as much as there's people on the left there's people on the right there's people in your town your block you know like it's a problem and like that's great but like if you really care about that like let's like donate all our money to like child trafficking organizations or like you know defend like sex workers to make it safer for them like let's actually like look at like how to fix the systemic problem rather than being like oh um yeah QAnon and Trump (laughs) and like we're all awakening and like yeah basically like it's the Democrats fault the end you know like if you're gonna be like questioning why like question like this much and then just stop you know? Well, because it says it, mm-hmm. it's not those real questions. It makes it like, oh, this is some kind of boogeyman problem as opposed to the reality, which is like most, mo- oh, not most. I can't say that because I don't know if that's a real statistic, but it's like pedophile rings. Like a lot of sexual abuse happens within fa- like people that you know. People, it's like, you know, we're like, oh, keep, don't let your kid go in the restroom alone. It's like pedophiles aren't waiting in, like, yeah aren't like fucking creepers in a bathroom corner. (laughs) Not to say that awful shit doesn't happen too, but it's like, that's not what you need to worry about. It's your weird uncle that uh, is like repressing all of his things, like those kinds of things. And it's much easier, I think, for people to just be like, oh, it's this far off thing as opposed to actually having to confront how deep these things go. Because it just simplifies a really comp. All of those conspiracy theories, I think, just simplify really complicated nuanced things so again with any of them it's just like oh yeah q and on even something like that it's like oh it's this it's one person it's one this and it's like nah yeah it's one like certain answer that i can cling to like let me just take Mm -hmm. my fear and project it onto this one specific thing and what's crazy is like you know satanic panic was like a really big like early 80s thing and it's like the aids epidemic economic recession like social unrest like sound familiar Mm -hmm. you know like these things prop up when people really need to project their fear onto like a really specific target that's somewhere else that's like not their problem Mm -hmm. I think too like we we do know as people like even when you just said a weird uncle I guarantee everyone of us and everyone listening 
has a name in their mm-hmm. mind. And we ignore that stuff all the time. We're taught to like, oh, be kind or what, you know what I mean? We all have a name though. So it's like, let's investigate that instead of kind of uh, justifying it in our minds of like, and not that like, the person I'm thinking of like, not that they did anything to me. I'm just like, oh, creepy uncle. I know exactly who that is, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's let's investigate those things instead of like, justifying or, or prickling up or getting tense about them. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it yeah. kind of goes about, to like... About like Naomi Campbell or someone. <laughs> yeah. you, you just said exactly what I was going to say. Is like, I think it all gets put into this like celebrity other world too, that it's easier to like call Hillary Clinton like a pedophile than to like call your creepy uncle like, hey, now that you're a pedophile, but like don't, don't touch my fucking friend's back when you yeah. meet them. Like this is just... These are all like new awareness of boundaries, which people, a lot of people, I haven't had for the first time in in years of their lives. And it it makes it sound like rules, which at least in the United States, we hate rules unless it's us creating our own rules for ourselves. So it's just this like, it's like a shootout and everyone's like pointing a gun in a different direction. It's like, stop, like, just leave me alone. But if you actually try to explore one another, which I think is what your podcast does a lot, it's like actually just exploring. It's not othering. And again, we're in like a mystic safe space. So like I lean into these othering things, but I think it's an interesting podcast for someone that's not in that world to also listen to too, because it's just, it's just hearing out what someone's into. I was just watching a Grateful Dead parking lot documentary of like these people from the nineties who follow the dead for years and years. And you're like that's a choice, but like it clearly like this is another cult figure that makes them happy. But then there's a section too about that undercover cops were just targeting them for LSD because it was like shooting you know fish in a barrel, like so easy to grab. And then there's these lawyers and social justice activists who want to free deadheads in prison, but also it's like all white men. So like there's this whole like you can look at it from like a hundred different angles, but it's like but this is like this is a culture of people, and these are all talking about different, I guess this new culture we're in that's partially digital and partially in real life or as in real life as we can be right now. Well, that's the symbology of dolphins too. Remember you (laughs) looked it up for me because I kept seeing them in Malibu Yeah, and it's all about living in two worlds because they like jump into the air and go into the water. And like, that is kind of how I feel all the time right now. And I'm sure a lot of us do where it's like, I go from my computer screen to my phone screen to the TV to like, oh, take the dog for a walk. This is weird. Like, I'm in a different world. It's very Mm -hmm. strange. Ooh. Okay, I have to share a quick story because I was texting the girls about this, but Jericho, I think you'll like this. But I encountered, I had a sea life encounter. It made me think of you girls because we've been just noticing a lot more of, like, animal symbology. I feel like especially since starting the podcast and just being like, I keep being covered with butterflies or, you know, these things that you just can't ignore. And I was boogie boarding and I let my friend my board for a little bit so she could do it. And then she, like, ate shit. Like, a wave totally took her out. And she cried. Like, she was going to say, she cried to me. She cried to me. My top fell off. Like, my, I don't know why, where my top is. And so I reached down. And you know that moment where someone's like, I'm looking for something. And you, like, go to look. Even, the, like, mm-hmm. almost, like, instinctively. And I reached down in the water. And I felt what I thought was a flip-flop. Like, it felt like a heavy silicone sandal issue. I pull this shit up out of the water in my hand like a big, thick dildo, basically was a baby shark, a leopard shark. <gasps> I almost... A I felt, baby shark? Do-do-do-do-do. I felt like I was hallucinating. <laughs> I threw, that is so cool. 
I threw it because I didn't. I like. I had. A, I thought it was like a catfish for a second, but then I started googling local, sh- you know, native sharks, and it was a leopard shark. They're totally they, docile. Yeah, they're they don't do anything. Those are the ones I swim with on my open waters. Oh, you've seen. Oh my! It was cute, but it was really they're speckled. Cute. But I was just like, it was like I felt like like a like a down south person that like catches like a catfish with their arm. Like <laughs> I was like a splunker or something like. But I was like looking. I was like baby shark, like. Just like this is like, how could you just like go about your day and not look up everything about sharks later that day? You know, like that's like yeah. those like little like life and sign things. But I had to share with you guys because I was that happened. Oh. I was like, I'm not gonna just text this. I have to that tell them about so this. Cool. It was so. I wish you had a video. Awesome. I know. Oh, I know. I just have like I'm really just imagining like the fierceness of you being like doom, doom, pulling out a shark. It's so cool. I I haven't that's even wild. touched like a snake before. Like I'm not like a bug uh, creature person. I'd like to be. So that was like when I describe that to people. Like I get afraid when like a bee comes near. Like I'm kind of a wuss. I'm trying to like de-wussify myself, but having that moment and then reading about sharks and how there's like a, a chill fierceness because they know what's going on and they're always moving and they're always going. Like, I was like, Oh, that was that message of like, I'm so weak. I would never touch something slimy. I was like, just kidding. I can fucking bare arm a, sh- a baby shark and look at it and, and then throw it back um, to where it came from. But well, I think there's something brave about just reaching your hand in the ocean and grabbing whatever you see. Like you didn't yeah. see what you grabbed. You just went. That's pretty brave. Yeah. That was weird as You were well. rewarded for your bravery. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. is. I'm such a wuss. I'm so happy I can be, like, that That was, like, a little, like, notch in my bravery belt. But it, it was all fueled by, like, checking in with an animal and being like, this would normally be so scary, but what if something as scary as becomes normal or part of you or isn't something that's to be freaked out? Because you hear, oh, sharks in the ocean, but, but there's chill sharks in the ocean, and they want to be held I guess by by me (laughs) (laughs) and everything's scary right now so it's like I I really never used to do horror stuff because I'm like I get nightmares and like I don't want to encourage it you know I'm afraid all the time Mm -hmm. so like now it's like you have a reason to be scared all the time might as well just grab watch movie for fun (laughs) like whoa that's so true and and something you said earlier Jericho too about um something with like these, you know, fringe realms and uh, how there's always, like, some exploitative figure usually associated with it. Like, there's some kind of fake guru or, you know, someone that latches on. And I think that's, like, an interesting reminder of, like, pretty much maybe any realm or thing that there's probably going to be some exploitator or someone that becomes, like, the front shining star that wants to, like, capitalize off of whatever that is um I don't know just that that popped up to in my mind of what you mentioned earlier and it's like oh yeah that's a that's but that's every subject mm, yeah it's real everything is a full-blown spectrum you know I mean like yeah spirituality and religion is like such an, an, an obvious example because um you know skeptics will immediately point to figures who are like super corrupt but then it's also like the Pope, like sitting on a mountain of gold, like <laughs> trying to say that he's um, he's all about love and sharing. Like it's just so there's this cognitive dissonance that is um, you don't it's everywhere, but you don't necessarily see it as obviously in many places. But I think in for some reason in religion and spirituality, because it's not like logical, um, it's a lot easier to kind of identify. Mm. Well, it makes people so mad, I think, and oh, yeah. and. 
Because I do think that there is something, um, I think that there's a, a lot of people that have been deeply like wounded and betrayed by um, those types of figures too, because it is something that requires faith and trust and uh, vulnerability in a way that logical, quote unquote, logical things um, don't require. And so I think that there is something more personal when you have been, when you have experienced that kind of betrayal that really sticks with you too. Um, but I think, and I think that's also what makes it easier for people to exploit those things because it is kind of going off of people's best intentions or their like hopes, their aspirations, their, uh, the parts, the like magical things that people want to be real and, uh, it's like scary to believe in those kinds of things, to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and and to like take a literal or metaphorical leap of faith into those things. Mm-hmm. What yeah. um, you said you've always been, you know, a weirdo and into these types of things. What was your like gateway into into woo, if <laughs> you will? Yeah, um Oh, wow. That's a good question. I mean, I think I was just always like looking for it where wherever I could get it. You know, like I remember when I was like really little, um, like the first book that I ever like was kind of that I picked out myself where I, I was probably like four was um, like a picture book of The Little Mermaid, like the Hans Christian Andersen oh. one. And I was just like, oh, wow, like mermaids imagination like mysticism and so I just thought it was awesome and my family was always really like religious but also super um superstitious and like they would always talk about you know dreams and stuff like that um and then when I was like a little bit of an older kid I got like there was this book in the library that was like um unsolved mysteries or something and it had like a section on the Loch Ness Monster a section on the Bermuda Triangle and like um like the pyramids being built by aliens which I was obsessed with because it like took care of my like um you know like weird conspiracy side but also my I'm Egyptian on one side so I was like I'm special because like I could even be related to aliens you know (laughs) I love I loved the movie Stargate um when that came out like I saw it in the cinema it was just like whoa so yeah I think it was just kind of like everywhere that I could like I would you know just try and um like attach myself to it in the little breadcrumbs that like I I was like shown but yeah like um it's always been kind of like half really spiritual and half also just like sci-fi stuff like Bermuda Triangle and stuff that it's not necessarily like super woo-woo but it's so like mysterious you know and it has the same kind of like energy but like just you know certain people just like love that shit and certain kids especially um so yeah and also there was like a haunted house on my street it wasn't haunted at all probably it just seemed really creepy to me as a little kid so I would like go like I would like dare myself to like stand on the front lawn and stuff <laughs> yeah there's a few like little memories but yeah I don't I don't I think it was one particular thing I would think it was just a combination of my parents being super spiritual and like having like a superstitious like Egyptian background and then just me being like a really sensitive imaginative kid 
I love that. I mean, oh, tracks. Yeah, because it's it's interesting thinking of like that kind of Bermuda Triangle or Bigfoot or whatever that kind of stuff. I feel like it does stick. That stuff usually doesn't like just go away. It's like, oh yeah, I used to be really big being the Bigfoot, and uh, I now I'm into accounting. Like you, you're an accountant that now loves Bigfoot, yeah. and now like <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle or whatever that is. So that's I love that as. Um, I don't know, just, like, it's when you can tell, like, a kid is, like, maybe good at acting or likes to sing. Like, those little things just pop out in youth that it's hard to deny. And maybe if you even do, like, you'll probably end up coming back. I was going to say, I think it's interesting, this idea of, like, um, things kind of unknown, unseen, um, because you have so much on your descendant or close to your descendant, which I don't know how familiar you are with that with that concept but it would be like you know your rising obviously is what you see on the outside and is very obvious to people but the descendant is like what you're hiding more or less not necessarily in a duplicitous way but it's like that's saved for people who who know you more intimately mm-hmm. and so I think having a lot of your um, placements there to me speaks to someone who again can recognize kind of what is understands that there is more than meets the eye which is like a very cliche way of saying it but it's like there's more going on than what you can see and even this understanding you have of yourself of being like oh everyone thinks I'm so chill but I'm not it's like yeah it doesn't really matter what you see it's what's really going on does that make sense yeah yeah I love that yeah it resonates a lot um and yeah, I think, I, I don't know, I can't remember what you were saying, Stevie, but, like, something um, made me think of, like, oh, yeah, like, just the the coming back around, like, that was me, like, hardcore. Like, I was trying so hard to be um, cool, you know, <laughs> like, just coolness as, like, a concept was so important mm-hmm. um, in, like, my late teens. Because I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, and so when I, like, actually got friends for the first time and I was, like, 14, 15, I was like, oh, okay, well, it wasn't that I wasn't really happy with who I was, but I it did kind of make me just a bit more, like, influenced by different people because I'd never had people in my close sphere like that. So then that just led me down the path of being like, yeah, I'm just, like, a um, totally normal journalist. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and when I was, you know, in, like, a really burnt out, just, like, completely dissatisfied and, like, exhausted place um I was like just thinking about how it's it's there's this like cliche thing of like the stuff that you lit you up as a child is the stuff that like you should go back and really explore Mm -hmm. and so it was just that like I was just like yeah like that was who I was that's what actually makes me happy like if I think about shit like that now I'm just like ooh, like I'm listening you know as opposed to just like um something that I might be like okay yeah like I like journalism sure but like it doesn't have that like really deep like uh, you know Mm -hmm. well I think it's interesting too because we talk about sometimes kids being their moon sign like you grow into your son a little bit more and so that same that we you were talking about earlier like the interest in other people and that being kind of your moon and your seventh house stuff like it kind of was as a kid too, that Aquarius moon, like Bermuda triangle stuff. So I think that's just a kind of interesting embodiment of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in that third quadrant too, which is just like where all the actions going is so like even just societal 
things at B. Just that that is like a very investigative reporter kind of mindset um, that's there. But talking about all the, the conspiracy theories and the weird and all this stuff that obviously um, that's appealing to, to people like us and, uh, and to tons of other people too is I think this North Node in your twelfth house. I mean, this is all this conversation is like extremely. 12th house I feel like we always come back to the 12th house, this weird, strange place. But I think this Taurus North Node with your rising too, it's just like, is that like, you know, the South Node is like, you know, Scorpio, you know, like the weird, you know, like that's like all inherent. But then like the Taurus is like the earthy, practical, what is this? Who are you? What, what do you like? What do you guys eat as a cult? Like I want to know, I actually want to know like the foundational earthy things of what you're doing so that's what kind of stands out to me like with your rising because it's in all this like opposition to all this other stuff on the on the descendant side of your chart yeah that is really interesting I feel like um like you guys talking about my descendant does kind of make me feel like um yeah like I I know I just knew, like you know when you're a kid and you like first read um you know your your zodiac with your horoscopes and everything and you're kind of like Oh, that's kind of me. You're like, oh, that, like, I was just like Scorpio. Like, I know I'm a Scorpio. I came into this world, like, <laughs> knowing this, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I had Scorpio baggage from, like, day one. <laughs> so, yeah, like, for me, it's kind of like how to do something pragmatic with, um, like, my ideas and become more self-reliant and less hung up on shit, you know, and trying to prove shit and, just like emotional simplification, you know. Ooh. I want to ask you about your day-to-day life because um, people ask us sometimes about the sixth house, about like, do you, you have Pluto there? Do you struggle to make the bed? Are you have you gotten really good about it? Are you do you have a, a routine morning practice? Like morning, what is it called? Morning morning routine? pages. Oh yeah, let's <laughs> let's do our. <laughs> this is like Vogue seventy three questions. Like, what's the skincare routine? What yeah, are we, we making? doing right when but we get up? Is Pluto complicating it, or have you learned to work? And you have with Venus it? there too. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I it's so hard for me. Like routines and making the bed and just remembering to shower. Like every little thing is super hard. Whoa. It's like. Um, I have like ADHD and um, I also have like hangups, you know, from like my parent, like my mom, especially about like being like lazy. And obviously it was just because I was like a kid with ADHD. Um, and so I can have like a little bit of like a um, thing where I won't like stick to the schedule or like the um, priorities that I had for that day. And then I'll be like, see, like, I suck and then I'll just spend the rest of the week like being really messy or doing just leaning uh, into that even more so it's like so yeah like I've a big part of like my self-care journey has been like how do I you know carve out the space and like change like the emphasis of like what it ha- where I put my time and why it's important you know which I think does speak to like all the the like North nerd stuff that I'm like learning in this lifetime. Like there's a real um, like, cause again, like I've had, I feel like I've had like multiple burnouts and like mental health concerns and you know, all this stuff that's taken me to be like, Oh, like have I drunk water in the last day? You mm. know, <laughs> have I slept like just really basic stuff. So that's kind of why um, 
self-care is really important. So yeah, nowadays it's a bit more well-adjusted and I've gotten to a point where I can like get eight or nine hours of sleep and wake up in the morning and like meditate regularly and do stuff like that. But um, every day it's like not easy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like I wake up every morning and I'm like, why should I get out of bed? And I have to like coach myself into like doing every little thing. And I don't know why. I think that's just like my, um, you know, conditioned tendencies that I'm like still relearning how to like best spend my time every day so that I actually feel like I have more energy and like I'm not just like a tired mess Mm -hmm. at the end. I think there's a lot of stuff of that with ADD stuff there's um a really good book I have not read in a while but I remember and just like reading it and weeping with every page it's called you mean I'm not lazy stupid or crazy and it basically like helps you reframe a lot of um kind of ADD things that you are like oh even this idea of like oh what's the point of sticking to routine a lot of that I think is like trauma responses to trying to stick to a routine and still kind of messing something up because of how your brain is wired. So feeling the futility of doing those steps, even though you know those steps are really helpful, it still is, um, it's, I think, building up that, like, self-trust and self-reliance and um, just being able to be like, oh, I did the, like, forgiveness for mistakes, but also being like, yeah, it's worth it for me to try to take these steps, even if I do fall short, which we all do, but I think it's just amplified a lot of times with ADD stuff. We don't realize how many things that we have internalized as like self judgments of the quality of person we are, as opposed to uh, this being a function of our brain's function. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's so good. I wrote down that book. I'm going to go and it's, order it. <laughs> I, yeah, it's really, I, I hope it's still as moving as it was when I read it, but I just remember being like, that's so me. It's so true. I do think that I'm not a bad person. Oh. I think too, it's yeah. something that makes you a really gifted coach. And like, because I read the frequently asked questions on your website and, you know, a lot of the stuff on there is, is you have a system in place for the people that you work with, which is really, really cool. Like you're, you're, you have mental health professionals that if they ask questions that make you feel like they're at risk, you can refer them to and stuff like that. Not every person in this kind of work has stuff like that. So I think, I don't know you that well, but I think applying some of that stuff to yourself too could be really helpful for that six house stuff. Just because, you know, we're always it's so much easier to give to other people, I guess, than it is to ourselves. Oh, yeah. And, and it's clear that you do for others, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. I think that's why, like, not to toot my own horn, you know, but I think that's why, like, I'm a really good and trustworthy coach because, like, I've been at the, you know, lowest point, you know? Like, I've survived so many things and, like, I've really spent a lot of time, I wouldn't say, like, you know, wasted time, but I've spent, like, huge chunks of my life not looking after myself like you know in a way that you wouldn't wish on any human being Mm. so you know so as a Scorpio coach like I just feel like I have um a full like 360 perspective on like what it's like to feel like absolute shit and then what it's like to have to really commit and be disciplined to change that and then continue to fight for it every day and then feel good you know yeah. So, well, I think that I like love separates that. the separates exactly what we were talking about about these kind of um, deceptive uh, 
exploitative figures that are like, I have all the answers. I am the thing as opposed to someone who is speaking from a place of experience and a place of empathy and understanding and reality of like, yeah, this is hard. Even if you know all of the tools, it's very easy to, to help someone else. And that doesn't mean that you can implement all of the tools in your own life because we all have these life experiences that keep us from doing things for ourselves often. So it's, I think that you're, you're right that that is what makes you a really good teacher and healer because it is coming from that place of experience, experience-based expertise, not like gifted, I'm, I am different than you kind of thing. It's like, I can speak from where you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was really, I mean, even just for I as a taurine of like uh, I guess like going into comfort versus that like regular your regularly scheduled programming of like wanting to be productive or whatever that looks like to hear um just everything reiterated of like yeah and that doesn't happen like a lot of days too but the days that you can get it right or whatever right I'm trying to really like get out good bad right and wrong language from my vocabulary so I'm going to correct myself like maybe if it's not your ideal of like what you want to do that day I don't know quarantine too there's like we have a lot more time than before um I think even if you're back working, not everyone's out socializing as before. So there is just more avenues of time. And I was telling my therapist this, like, the times I've been depressed or, like, anxiety-ridden and feel like, oh, fuck, I got to get out of this as, as soon as I can because I have all this shit to do. Now there's, like, more time to just kind of, like, uh, take a, like be with that rather than, like, have to hurry it because I have somewhere to go or I have, you know, people to see or things to do. So – um, I think that's just all like really interesting of like, um, I don't know, this might be basic, but like showing that you're a little messy or like, I don't know, that really does go a, f- a long way. And I think, I think that goes back to maybe societal things of like, we dismiss people that do claim their messiness because now it's become this meme type thing. And like, I'm so messy, like blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, mm-hmm. like, like let's, we don't have to make everything a thing of a thing. Like you can just embrace your mess and embrace your strengths and embrace all of that stuff in one mm-hmm. yeah for sure and do, do you have um and maybe this I don't I don't want you to like spoil future episodes but do you have like a dream uh a dream weirdo guest or like topic that you want that you haven't been able to discuss yet or like that is like the all is there a person that you would want to have on a holy grail yeah <laughs> yeah interesting I mean I'm thinking like, okay, so I do, I have like a couple of, cause I'm on like a, a season break, although I'm like, what is seasons? Like why? Sure. Cause that's, they don't, we don't need seasons, but I have them for some reason um, yeah. <laughs> where there's an episode on um, DMT and like DMT entities with Dennis McKenna, who's the brother of Terrence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited for that to come out because that really did feel like a Holy grail. Cause I was like, okay, I'm going to do this subject. Um, and like, I'd really like it to be that guy, but it just didn't feel possible. But then I like knew someone who knew someone and I was just like, wow. Um, so that was impressive. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of feel like I'm okay. So like, in all honesty, I'm at a crossroads. One part of me is like, moving forward, like I should get like, um, these like, 
you know, evolving and interesting and like maybe even like more high profile, like guests to speak about topics. But then the other part of me is like, I just want to have like a completely unresearched conversation with an ordinary person Mm. um, and have it just be more like a talk show like this, you know, I kind Mm -hmm. of feel like um, I almost don't even want to have topics anymore. Like I'm having a crisis, a podcast identity crisis, but I think it might be more like, like the latter like I'm kind of thinking because you know like I like having all that historical research and stuff um but it does sound like I'm just reading off a piece of paper and it's kind of clinical and I kind of think it would be cool to like bring on a host uh, sorry bring on a guest who has like a fringe spiritual belief or maybe they like saw Bigfoot in real life or something cool and have no background and just chat Mm. and like see what comes out so I have no I think, idea. I don't you know, know. one of you could do no. a little bit of both. Why not yeah, both? As I say, that's our, our that's motto. That's a podcast Why motto. Not Why not both? <laughs> um, I think, I think there's <laughs> yeah. room for all of it. And I am a big proponent of the belief that when you talk about anything, like the way you talk about anything is how you talk about everything. So it's like, especially, you know, we obviously we like come on to talk about specific things, but it's like, you don't really have to like plan the astrology talk. It kind of happens Mm-hmm. No matter what you're she, trying she to in. do. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's like when you find people that you're excited to to talk to about it, you'll you'll get to that good stuff no matter what. Mm-hmm. But well, it's interesting though, because I think the Aquarian that like I think it gets wrapped in what like that kind of mad scientist energy. So I, I love that I love the straight facts. Also Earth sign here. Like I love like just hearing like who are you? What is this? Gimme, gimme. Um, but it's interesting too, because your, your Mercury and Sagittarius brought natally retrograde, like popped out to me because listening to your podcast and I've heard you on the uh, self-service before too, like your, I think your style of speaking and questions and exploration when you, I think when you hear Sagittarius Mercury, you're like, okay, this is like not that, but then it's this natal retrograde in the seventh house too, that kind of slows down theory and, uh, and maybe like meditates on it more and also like wants to think of the bigger inclusive thing and again this is no shade to any Sag Mercury's you know you know you know your Mercury placement but I think it just it's it's interesting and in tangent with your chart so yeah I think podcast motto have both I mean maybe there's bone maybe there's Patreon bonus episodes where you get to hear more of the like we take our shoes off and shoot the sh- I don't know like who knows? Yeah, but, yeah. But I make lo- people pay for it. Make people pay mm-hmm. for no. it. You, yeah. <laughs> you deserve it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't, have, I have, there's so much I haven't explored around, you know, because I had self service, but it, to be honest, because it was part of a network, and this is also part of a network, mm. I haven't really thought about like that kind of stuff or even just really like, okay, can I, because I think you're right, like when you're like listening to a podcast, it doesn't, feel like what you might typically associate with like a mercury sag like mm-hmm. but then in real life because i is it conjunct uranus as well i think yes. it might be conjunct yeah but then in real life as you can see just from like me ranting about my unsurety about all of this it can be a little bit like hard to nail down so even mm. just really practical stuff like should i have a patreon yes or no like it's been I've been doing it for like a couple of years and I still haven't even like thought about that stuff. But then I'm off here thinking about like, you know, 
Satanists like QAnon conspiracy theories and stuff. So, well, I would I say you're thinking about the right the right parts of it because the other stuff, uh, while it it is important, especially you know we do need to learn to ask for compensation in ways that make our what we like doing sustainable and and those kinds of things. But also that stuff kind of works itself out if you're focused right. on the right the right part of it, which I think, you know, Scorpio, Scorpio, Sag, if I do say so myself, lovely combination. Um, <laughs> I think it's the, it is that like focused on the, the intent and the, uh, like the backbone of it. And like the, that's, that's the stuff that you have to feel like you have authority on the other stuff. You can ask, you can always ask someone, a business person, like, Oh, should I do this thing? Whatever. Like, yeah, know. it sorts itself right. out. Yeah. Totally. Speaking of Bigfoot sightings, okay? <laughs> I'm about to tell you something that's going to... I don't know if I'm losing my mind. Earlier today, I was in the kitchen making a lot of syrup. Don't ask. <laughs> I was making <laughs> blueberry <laughs> syrup. I, I'm doing this bartending show. I didn't realize I had to do so many cocktails, and I'm trying to make a bunch of syrups. Anyway, um, I'm making syrup dog's in the other room and I came into the living room and I scared him but I swear when I walked in I saw the dog as a man Whoa. and he jumped down and then he, he was dog and I, <laughs> I was like is it a trick of the light Shapeshifter. is there something there am I picking up on an energy of the dog or am I losing my mind no he's a shapeshifter <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. an animal. You think? Animorph. <laughs> Whoa. I don't think you're losing your mind. I think we can we can yeah. leave that one. We can get rid of that option. He he looks like a man, kind of like his. Mm-hmm. He has like a face that looks kind of like a man. So it could have just been trick of the light. No, he's a man now. A human man. <laughs> he's a man now. <laughs> I thought, Lisa. You, I thought you were going to say did that. It make you, you. How did it make you feel? Like, well, I thought someone was in my house, uh, you know, I wasn't like, <laughs> oh, there's the man of my dreams. Or <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, so... there's someone in here. <laughs> so he wasn't a uh-huh. hot guy. <laughs> he was yeah. a deli looking man. <laughs> Looked like a dog man. The doggish man, you know, I mean, some guys just kind of look doggish. Yeah, some people have like That's the true. dog that they look like. Uh, I don't think I've ever mm. been properly diagnosed with my my dog. You're right. I don't know. There, my breed. Uh, do you do you feel like do you resonate with someone? Do you feel like you have an idea or no? I, don't I mean, probably like bulldog. Honestly, I mean, I'm very bulldogish. I feel like I'm oh, a I can see like a Frenchie. I'll take. I'll, I will take that. I will take oh. the Frenchie. I feel like some people. I don't think I've ever had anybody be like, "You're this animal." My sister has gotten animals, and they're like always spot on. And it's like <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm jealous of people that where they're like, "Oh, you look like a like they're like they're dinosaur." Like, oh, yeah, or like you look like a rabbit, and then it was like, oh my god, you are a rabbit. That's for <laughs> sure what you are. I feel I feel very difficult to categorize in that way. Maybe that's not true, but horse ooh. girl. Horse I mean, girl. I'm a horse girl <laughs> at heart. Horse deeply, lover, deeply horse girl. Um, <laughs> apparently, I'm living with a 
werewolf. A dog, so. a dog man, <laughs> a man I, dog. Lisa, I thought you were going to say that you fucked Bigfoot before you went into saying. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> I would. You wouldn't. Come you know, on. He, I mean, I'm. I love Bigfoot. Bigfoot has been spotted in like okay. every state. Well, there's actually an Australian version of Bigfoot. Ooh. I mean, there's a few, but one of the most common um, names for it along like the East Coast is the Yowie. Um, but it's not just like one, like it's just Yowie plural. Like apparently there are Yowies and they live in the bush. And um, people have like spotted them just continually. My One of my best friends in the world saw Yowie Ooh. and told me like, second by second like the story and was like shaking when she told me because it was only like a couple of days prior and she still and she didn't know what a yaoi was like she'd never heard of it because you know like it's an indigenous like belief and Mm -hmm. thing even though a lot of people have seen it and heard about it um she didn't know and so then I was like talking to her about it and she just oh just the way that she described it I was like you fucking saw a yaoi congrats that's That's the best that's like what I think about everything, ghosts, any of it, where it's like, I, I yeah, I don't, I, I'm not going to be like, yes, for sure, whatever. But when you hear people's stories, it's like, I don't know what you saw, but you saw it, you saw it, and that's real, and... <laughs> Yeah, your experience was real. I know, yeah. like, I really like the Stigmata um, episode of my show, because the guy, and it's, we have a UFO episode coming up, and they both have, like, a similar perspective, where the guy's like, I'm not saying people got like the wounds of Jesus Christ for crying out loud, but like they had a religious experience Mm -hmm. and like, it's the same effect. So who cares? Have you guys ever like worn some, I it's happened to me a few times, like a red bracelet and then it like comes off and you look down and you're like, "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) having it. Like it's uh, on your wrist. Can't say I have. But, <laughs> but also, Lisa, that seems like a big problem that like mid-aughts, like when Kabbalah, you know the Kabbalah red yeah, bracelets, yeah. bracelets, when those were like <laughs> trending before we had like the term of trending, that was probably a big issue probably during, yeah, <laughs> during just that. Yeah, catch it in your corner of your eye. <laughs> during that time period. <laughs> well, speaking, I was like, it, speaking of fucking big, big, Bigfoot. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> we have the game. Oh, wait, I have one quick question for Jericho. So right. Beyond Belief, have you ever watched the TV show Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction from, like, the <gasps> 90s? No, I haven't. I realized when I called it Beyond Belief that there is, like, a BBC religion program <laughs> called Beyond Belief as well. So now I'm realizing, like, it's just very much been done. But that sounds great. Is it kind of like an Unsolved Mysteries format? It's like an Unsolved Mysteries format, and the host... I feel like I've been seeing a lot of super cuts of him lately because he he walks into like a black room with like dramatic lighting and there'll be like a prop. It's like, it looks like a wedding dress, but did you know the wedding dress can levitate? And then it just goes into like whatever the ghost. It usually has like a lot of jokes and prose and he's like this like, it's very Twin Peaks-esque in its kind of styling. But yeah, a lot of his super cuts, James Frakes, and I think it was, I saw on Wikipedia because I was looking it up today that later was, like, rebooted and hosted by, like, Josh Brolin or something, which I was like, what the fuck? But Beyond uh-huh. Belief, Fact or Fiction, it's very... I'm writing it, was, it like, down. Very sci-fi channel. Uh, it feels like almost like a... You know, like, those magic specials they would have, too, on, like, TNT or sci-fi channel where... Uh-huh. That, like, oh setting, <laughs> that set design is just, like, 
That's what Loved it looks like. Those. We Loved just made those. Steve's nephews watch a bunch of David Blaine videos. <laughs> not not at all the same, but it just reminded me, speaking of like the quality, we watched the one where he just like stands on a pillar oh, for yeah. like a day and a half. I mean, the production is so bad, like the production quality. But the funniest thing about these videos, like the tricks, I guess, are cool. I don't even know how to classify it because it's not like magic. It's something. It's like performance art magic. But the funniest thing about these videos is that there's these like weird interstitials of David Blaine just like walking around New York alone. (laughs) And there's one where he's in Times Square. He's walking and it looks like he's going to go up to someone and do some kind of sleight of hand trick. But he just lays down on the sidewalk. (laughs) (laughs) Just lays down for like three minutes and then gets up. No magic trick. (laughs) There's like a guy who comes and like pokes him to see if he's okay. And he does not respond. And then he just gets up and walks the other way. And he's like... He's like, New York's the most magical place. It's like some bad monologue. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay, so this is what we're doing for Jericho's first Patreon. It's going to be us live watching David Blaine. David Blaine. (laughs) Footage. Just commentating. Just living in the the magic. I have to look up David Blaine was in in the Leonardo DiCaprio, the Pussy Posse? Oh, I didn't. I believe that. Do you know about the Pussy Posse? I believe that. Jericho? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 I, I totally forgot about it until now. Someone David, told me that David they used to, maybe I shouldn't tell this story, but someone told me they used to come in their bar at like 145 and then demand to stay. And like, obviously the bar owner's like, yeah, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. And that he would like give its $100 tip and then tear it up in front of the person, <gasps> throw it at them. Whoa. Yeah, that he's like a no. notorious asshole to service people. Whoa. Leo! I get gnarly. Everything's getting demystified right now. I saw, like, I only see TikToks, like, not directly by, like, <laughs> by word of mouth. I'm, and that's, like, how I'm still old. Um, like, the TikToks of, like, the hostesses in Manhattan just, like, ranking everybody now to, like, no. Everything is, like, getting blown up by all of the, like, Pluto Sag people. They're just, like, I'm going to tell you that this person is, all, like, and it's not even to, like, cancel people. It's just, like, fat. It's just, like, I'm letting you know that, like, you know, Ki- like, Ke- Kylie doesn't tip well and Kendall has someone speak as a mouthpiece for her and doesn't talk to <laughs> And then, but then that's, that same host has said, but maybe she's shy. I don't know. But it's, it's a little, you know, that's, I don't know. So it's very, like, in a place of truth. Also, David Blaine is an Aries, which I don't know why I just, like, wouldn't see that as, like, I don't, my mind doesn't go, like, Aries magician. I see Dakin one. Oh, uh, what is When's it? his birthday? His B-day, April 4th. So he's, like. No, nah, he's second. Wow. He's pretty in. Interesting. Taurus Moon. Anyways, he's not in this round of Mary Fuck Kill. All right. We have, uh, wait, Jericho, do you know what Mary Fuck, you know Mary Fuck Kill acquainted with? Yeah. It? Okay. Love to check. They have so, that down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing with some people that share your big three. And I, I only could find one big three match for you. We won't be playing with this person. But do you know a celebrity or a famous figure that shares your big three? This one's kind of interesting considering our topics at hand. I don't. 
experience. I would love to know. You share a big three with Charles Manson. Oh my God. I know. I pulled it up and I was like, no, I had to tell Jericho this. You got to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood tonight. Ooh. I do. Yeah. I'm excited. I haven't seen in it yet but um oh it's, it's I, I, I know it'll be great but then I also heard everyone talking about how um Bruce Lee is like yes. portrayed so badly and I was like no I like refuse to watch it okay <laughs> but I'll, I'll it, watch it tonight. that was after seeing that movie in theaters and I was working in Hollywood at the time so Hollywood was changed to like 69 there was like astrology stuff everywhere like Hollywood Boulevard was normal so like trashy and shitty and it looked so fucking beautiful and like I'm like, let's leave these old Kodak signs and everything. And I had the same feeling leaving the movie was like, but here's my two, these are the two gripes. Otherwise I think it's perfect is the Bruce Lee depiction is really like cheap shoddy and kind of, and it would have been funny if the family signed off, but they didn't on a lot of it. So like, that's the other part of it. Like if it was like in on the joke and the family said, fine, sure. And Margot Robbie speaks like, four times which is bullshit but she's really the time she speaks is great and the face she gives when she's not speaking is also great but that's otherwise it's like a very fun uh it's a vibe it's a fun vibe to go in uh but yeah charles manson which is interesting i mean i think even now too with serial killer type people i guess he didn't technically kill people he led the cult to kill people now we're too having this conversation of like the romanticizing of these people because i think Charles Manson, at least for when I was in high school, was, like, someone kind of cool, I'm air quoting to like, or was, like, I don't know, like... Uh, on a T-shirt. On a yeah, T-shirt. Totally. Or have you heard his, like, acoustic album? It's actually kind of good. Like, that kind of, like, getting into, like, admiring the people that have done really hurtful things. And now I think we're in such a different place of, like, acknowledging that it's not just this pop cultural figure, but, like, someone that, like, fucked, was, uh, was evil to people. Anywho, we're not... Marrying or fucking or killing him today, but for Scorpio Sun, okay. Aquarius, we don't moon, have to. He is dead. We okay. don't have to. Uh, <laughs> so he's fucked, married, and. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, this is a side tangent. The Museum of Death in Hollywood. Um, I'm not sure what the status of it is now with quarantine and COVID and everything, but they have a really good Manson section in there. And they have the original quilt, this huge quilt that they all quilted together, like six quilts quilted up that they all slept under, like the one blanket that they share. It's really cool. Manson stuff, it's not, I don't want to say it's funny, but some of the stuff is it's wild. It's set a trend almost. Like it's what kind of how people started to dress and and idealize in a weird, kind of like the deadheads in a way, like very different courses, but it, it really did set trends stylistically i think it's cool for jericho too because it's so clear that like whatever power that manson had of influence you're so clearly using that for good like giving free self-care kits on if they sign up for your email like just you know it's like so all that kind of stuff it is influence and and it Mm. you've chosen to use it in a good way so Good job, okay. Jerk. <laughs> you didn't go the Manson route yet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, there's still, there's we'll still time. Um, so Scorpio Sun, Aquarius Moon. Again, got to look up people. Look them up. But I think we'll know these three. We have Ethan Hawke, okay. notorious bad boy hottie. Sinbad, if we all remember, okay. Sinbad, comedian. And Maggie Gyllenhaal. 
my god. Okay. Okay. This is really hard. Um okay, so I'm gonna have to be strategic. <laughs> I so rarely play Okay, this game, also Jericho, so this was just brought up on a recent episode because we talked a lot about time in a recent episode with Mars, who we just had on. Do you think of fucking, like, in the Mary fucking kill, are you fucking them for life, or is this a one-time fuck? What do you view time oh, in the fuck I... kingdom? Great question. I consider it a one-time, oh, okay. and, and marriage is it's for life, but okay. it can be a platonic marriage. Okay. Um, and kill, you know, I can go the Manson route, and someone else can do it for me. Okay. okay. I love it. We can also, we've also said you can play with British, British words, which is snog, marry, avoid, if we don't want to necessarily <laughs> kill someone, but you know. Yeah. I love that. No, I, I'm happy with the original. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna fuck Sinbad. Oh. All right. Because I, I really want to marry Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. And then that will be a sexual marriage. So, <laughs> to, you know, make it last. It's going to be sustainable with us because I was just thinking about Reality Bites right before I got on the, the call with you guys because there was this couple out the window and they were both really old, but they were leaning on a fence with coffee. And I was like, you, me, and five bucks. Whoa. <laughs> That's so cute. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, and then I would unfortunately kill Maggie. Maggie. Um, who I also love, but I... I it's the rules. I Someone has to. That's the rules. Know. It's a hard game. <laughs> we don't want to, but... I'm going to marry Simbad. Okay, Mrs. Simbad. I, I love Simbad. I think he's so funny. And uh, I'm going to kill Ethan Hawke. Mm. <laughs> and so you're fucking Maggie. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Just had to, just had to confirm. Yeah, get in there. <laughs> I was just about to say, I just called you Mrs. Sinbad, but then I realized, or maybe he'd be Mr. Sinbad Chanu. Like, well, I feel like Sinbad would take, I think Sinbad would take the last so cool. name. He's so cool. <laughs> Sinbad yeah. performed yeah. at a company thing that my dad, for my dad's uh, old work company. And Whoa. my dad, like, went and talked to him afterwards and tried to be his financial advisor. <laughs> <laughs> Sinbad, you should have took the offer. He said he got, they, like, exchanged information. And it, like, didn't happen. My dad is notorious for, like, sending emails and giving cards to people. And it, like, wor- it, it works a lot of the time. But Sinbad but is didn't... also very nice, very funny. I, I can approve of fucking and marrying. So you're, yeah. which one are you like, doing? Okay, I'm, God. I think I'm going to fuck Maggie. I think I'm going to marry Sinbad and kill Ethan Hawke. Whoa, okay. Um, I'm really torn, though, because. This is a tough round. I will say this is a tough round. It's really Not hard. Easy. It's really hard. Scorpios are always the hardest for me. Yeah. The suns. It's. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That yeah, I said, I said, I said what I said. Energy. I feel like Ethan has has given us his best work. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I like movie Ethan Hawke better than real life Ethan Hawke, and I said it. All right, all right. There. I think that is, that's so. I love what you just said because now I have regrets. I'm like, yeah, it's just the, it's the one character that I like. Now I have to spend the rest of my life with this person. <laughs> I'm just imagining. Well, Maggie, 
Well, my boyfriend loves the Before Sunset, Same. Sunrise, tr- like, trilogy. And so I've seen Romantic all of those. And I'm like, fuck. But also I'm like, I don't want to have those fights. I'm Julie Delpy. Delpy. No, it's <laughs> the same. We have our birthdays are a day away. Whoa. We're going to have these same arguments. It would never work. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I have to, I'm going to marry Ethan Hawke. I know it's going to be painful and I know where it's not going to be an easy road, but I'm the woman to take that job. And <laughs> Eddie was married to Uma Thurman, who was a Taurus. So I Taurus. we have that polarity uh, attraction. Tough call between the fucking between Sinbad and Maggie. I would fuck both, but I'll probably end up fucking Sinbad. Only if I'm, I don't have a connection to Maggie. I've never been like, I never got into the deuce. I never, I don't know. I just never, we never, cl- we yeah. never clicked. I'm, I'm marrying Maggie because then my brother-in-law, Jake, that's who, uh, that's who we're really trying to get to. Fuck. Yeah, that was, some other Scorpio son, Aquamoons, you might know, Kevin Klein, Natalie Merchant, Caitlyn Jenner, Luke Hemsworth, Calista Flockhart. And for our Scorpio sun, Taurus rising, kind of hard to find Taurus rise, you know, with the rising sign, it's not always available, but this is who we have to work with. So this one's, gr- this person's great. Tracy Ellis Ross. I mean, okay, obviously. Uh, Maria Shriver. Okay. Uh, and then Carl Sagan. Am I saying his last name okay. right? Carl Sagan. Sa- Sagan. Carl S- Sagan. Uh, Sagan. <laughs> <sighs> Okay. Nice. Do you want me to go? I'm I do ready. love contact. You go for it. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck Carl Sagan. Okay. I'm marrying Tracy Ellis Ross, and I'm killing Marie Shriver. I'm sorry. Uh, the Kennedy line has had a lot of tragedy. I'm sorry to add to it here with my uh, murderous hand, but... This was also Robert F. Kennedy's son and rising. And the only other option I could find, but I left her out, was Laura Bush. There's a lot of, like, uh, some random political entities. Afoot. And again, there's probably tons of Scorpios on Taurus Risings, but just is what we have the access to. I'm going to kill Carl Sagan. Oh, and I'm going to marry Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes. All right. And you're f- and fucking. I keep confirming the yeah. fuckings with Lisa. And you're and yeah. we're fucking Maria Shriver. Yeah, I will. She's cute. She's fine. <laughs> Jericho, do you know your combo? Yeah. Um. I'm gonna fuck Carl Sagan. Marry Tracy Ellis Ross and um, kill Maria Shriver, who I I don't even think I know who that is. That's not best. That's usually like the best <laughs> when you're like, well, actually, I don't know if that's now that I'm thinking of that like uh, ethically. It's like I don't know them, so throw them, throw them right. in the dish. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes it e- it does make it easier. Uh, she was married to Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then that was the whole tumultuous cheating. She was technically, I guess, governor, first lady. And then, yeah, she's on the Kennedy line. I mean, I'm going the same answers as Jericho. I want to spend my... Tracy Ellis Ross is just all of her pool, drinking, oils, lounge, just, like, great, just great. Diana Ross. I mean, there's, like, there's no question. But Carl Sagan, I wonder how he throws dick. So we'll find out, I guess. In yeah, <laughs> I just don't. I don't want to marry him. I don't want to hang out with him a long time. I feel like he's gonna be too like yeah. boring. There's gonna be a lot of facts. I feel like and stuff. he's gonna be 
mean. Like, <laughs> yeah, that that's oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's that's gonna why be I mean. Him. But okay, I'll give him. I'll give him a chance. I mean, you could get some questions answered or something. I don't know. <laughs> Probably could. <laughs> yeah. And well, that's the rounds, baby. That's, that's it. it. That's the that's the game. Jericho, thank you so much Yay. for coming thank on. You. Thank you. It's been so fun. Yes. Um, we will absolutely have to have you back. Uh, where do you have anything coming up besides the the podcast season that you want people to know about? We'll share obviously links you know, to socials and everything in the show notes, but is there anything specific you want to promo or shout out? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fine. I'll shout, I'll shout out Australia for, for housing me until I find my feet again. But yeah, no, like, yeah, just like follow me if you want. <laughs> yes. That's my shout out. Follow Jericho, <laughs> listen to Beyond Belief. Um, thank you again. This yeah. was so lovely. I hope that um, you are released from the, the quarantine hotel with a, a clean bill of health. And, I can't and believe that they're not filming, like, a, the circle in your quarantine hotel. What a missed opportunity. Yeah, missed opportunity. Absolutely. We don't <laughs> know that they're not. <laughs> yeah, just, that's true. Just saying, conspiracy, let's start a conspiracy theory full circle right here. <laughs> that is happening, and that is why it's not even about COVID. They're just, uh, without your consent, creating a new... <laughs> it's the Truman <laughs> Show. The quarantine Truman Show. The yes. microphones are in the beans. Be <laughs> well, thank you so yeah, much, Erica. It was, it was so nice. Absolutely lovely. Um, and thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at What's Your Sign Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. What's your sign, baby? What's your